Welcome, everyone, to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Stocks. I am Nate, here with Jimbo. What's up, everybody? And we are ready to talk some baseball. So if you are listening to this on podcast, just know that we also have this on YouTube. You can find it at Slab Stocks YouTube channel, um, and you will be able to find Dinging Corners every, I believe, Saturday. I believe the podcast goes out on Friday, but the video goes out on Saturday to ease up on the amount of videos that are going out every day on our YouTube channel. Um, that being said, we've got a number of interesting topics today or interesting guys, uh, a couple of call-ups to talk about. Um, one, we will compare to another guy on his team. And then also we have an interesting prospect to talk about at the very end. So Jimbo, without further ado, let's get into it today. Let's do it. And I want to start with um, probably the bigger of the two call-ups, and that is Henry Davis. So, obviously, Henry Davis was the first overall pick in 2021, maybe a little bit of a head-scratcher to some people, but they saved Mm -hmm. some money, and they went on. And um, I'm pretty sure that was 2021. They signed your guy, uh, um, uh, Bubba Bubba Thompson? No. Hmm. Your 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 pitcher outfielder guy you liked. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bubba Chandler. Bubba Chandler, thank you. Um, so they signed, I believe Bubba Chandler was the same draft as Henry Davis. Saved some money there, be able to sign Bubba, uh, Bubba Chandler. And so uh, it was a little bit of a head-scratcher at the time. And then last year, in his first, what I would consider, full season of baseball, you know, he was he was pretty good. He was pretty good in a ball and high a, but then he got called up to double a for 30 games and the numbers just weren't there. Um, 97 WRC plus, but of course, if you look a little closer 244 BABIP, that was probably going to go up. Um, Mm -hmm. The walk rate, the strikeout rate were fine at 8%. Oh wait, I can share this. Sorry. I can actually share what I'm looking at, which I should. So give me one second. Um, So we've got Henry Davis's stats here and you can see, I'll highlight his 2022 double A here. You know, this, that, 207, 324, 379. That wasn't great, but he just wasn't getting the power, and his BABIP was low. You you up that BABIP to what he would normally run, you know, 311, 391 this year, and all of a sudden it looks much, much better. So if you looked at that and you said, well, he's going to bounce back, and you made a bet on him, you were right because he did bounce back in double A. He killed it this year, 17% walk, 18% strikeout. 284 average, 433 on base, 547 slugging, 165 WRC plus. And then he got a small 10-game cup of tea in AAA, where he hit 286, 432, 514 with a 142 WRC plus. And that meant that the Pirates decided that they were going to call him up to the majors, which is beautiful because Jimbo, the last two major call-ups in the NL Central, happened the day after the Brewers left town. Ellie De La Cruz got called up by the Reds after a four-game series in which they lost three to the Brewers. And then the Pirates called up Henry Davis after getting swept by the Brewers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing with Henry Davis last year, I remember he had a an injury, like a wrist injury. So I wonder how much that played, played into that. I know it was early in the season. I wonder if his high A – his high A stats were probably when he was healthy and he was doing well, probably came back, probably had him play a few games there and then brought him to double A or they brought him up to double A and he got hurt. And then 
uh, did that because it was a wrist. Man, wrist so injuries. Like power. Yeah. And you so, can see, you obviously a raise in level, but you can see the power. 244 isolated to 172 ISO. Yep. That's injuries. Injuries are so interesting too, like figuring out what the actual injury was and how that affects the numbers, like what category will it affect? Yeah. And, so. and wrist. I've known wrists are a big deal since Ricky Weeks broke his oh. wrist bringing a bat and he just was never the same afterwards. Ah, Ricky Weeks was so good for a few years. Um, but he's been called up to the MLB. He has a double. He has a double, but otherwise only played two games. We are recording this Wednesday afternoon-ish, noon-ish. Um, so there will be, you know, Wednesday day games that we don't know stats of yet. Um, there will be Thursday, like maybe, maybe. Sometimes they have an off day, but there could be a Thursday game for the Pirates that we don't know stats of yet before you are potentially listening to this on Friday or watching this on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So just keep in mind that the stats we're looking at could either look significantly better in the next couple of days or significantly worse um, one way or the other. But he did get called up after a dominant year. Uh, the Pirates obviously trying to hold on to uh, being around first place. You know, they lost quite a few in a row and dropped a, a, like three games below 500. So obviously they want to uh, do what they can to keep that. Mm-hmm. Now, price-wise... Um, there has been, there has actually been some movement in his, in his card market. Uh, I grabbed a refractor PSA 10. Let me see if I can, I think it's this one. Yeah. Yeah. That works. So Henry Davis Bowman Chrome auto number to 499. Um, cause I saw refractor just sold, uh, on Tuesday, the 20th, we're recording this on the 21st again. So a refractor sold for 210 bucks. And I was like, okay, I wonder, you know, what, what do we got going on here? Uh, 210 again, um, 225 on the 19th, 235 called up the 19th, 200 on the 19th. That was probably there and, you know, uh, listed. So then you go down PSA 9 with a 9 auto, 200 bucks. So that's a bit of a raise, obviously, mm-hmm. just raw. PSA 9 to, to raw, there should be a little bit of a boost in PSA 9, and that's 10 bucks less at least. But then you go even farther into May. 150 for a BGS 8.5, 175 for a RAW on May 16th, PSA 10, 300, um, PSA 10, 250, May 8th, and then you have a final PSA 10 in May of 225. So obviously a couple of good stats in May rose this, AAA call-up and everything, but then even more so getting call-up to the majors has increased his prices because if you know if a RAW is 210 bucks. Um, and a PSA 10 just sold almost two months ago for 225. You know, PSA 10 today would be what 400. I guess yeah. I could actually, I could probably click on this and find out. Let's uh, oh wait, uh, clicked on the wrong tab. If I click on this card letter value of 209, I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. Let me um. I wonder how many, because I'm sure a lot of people graded these. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on with that card letter grade. That probably isn't too accurate. Uh, okay, so usually card letter, card letter expected value is pretty good. I don't know why um, that's not giving me, because like raw in March was 100. Oh, geez. 
a PSA nine was one seventeen. Um, but I don't have a PSA ten price. PSA the closest PSA ten is two twenty five. Needless to say, I think it has gone up, even if car ladder expected value does not agree yeah. with me. Question for you. Can you pull up uh, Will Smith with the Dodgers, what his uh, refractor Bowman auto does? I'm very curious to see the comparison on the two. Yes, sir. Let me. Because uh... he's having a phenomenal year. Yeah, Will Smith has been good for Will Smith has been good for a number of years. Let me let me share this. Is that Will Smith? Is it this one? Nope, that's the Anquil. Grab the wrong one. <laughs> I, I, it doesn't tell me who it is when I'm looking at the tab to be able to share. Mm. So, nope, that's Gavin Williams. I guess the wrong one again. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's only three, so I should be able to. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> I chose the wrong one again. Okay, uh, <clears throat> fourth time's the charm. I can do this. I can do this. You can do it. All right, we did it. Will Smith. It's the window's so small on the screen share thing. I can't see what it says on the on the whatchamacallit. So then I'm just trying to look at the pictures and guess. So we finally made it to the Will Smith tab I have up on my computer. Will Smith Bowman Chrome Auto number to 499 PSA 10. June 3rd, 224 bucks. So obviously this is a bit ago, but he's been really good for a number of years. And his uh -huh. PSA 10 is 15 more dollars than Henry Davis's raw auto sold for. Now, obviously, Henry has the benefit of being the number one overall pick. Yeah. You know, that will always carry. Even if he's not Adley Rushman level of excitement, he's still the number one overall pick. Um, but the fact that I'm glad you bring this up, the fact that Will Smith's last Bowman Chrome Refractor Auto number 499 PSA 10 sold in June for 225 bucks. And Henry Davis's is selling for what it is right now. Shocking. Yeah. And the reason why this one's very interesting because they both went to Louisville. Henry Davis replaced Will Smith. Both first round picks, I believe. I've, I remember Will. I'm pretty sure Will Smith was a first rounder. Uh, but regardless, highly, you know, highly rated prospect. And Will Smith has been great for many, like multiple years. And this year he's he's been crushing it he's a big part of that offense in the, at the Dodgers. And instantly when we brought up the Henry Davis prices, my first 32nd pick the, Oh, there's so perfect. Yeah. So my first thought process was, okay, how do the prices compare? And uh, it's very interesting. So you can get a PSA 10 Will Smith two twenty five. I think that's kind of crazy. Now, do you think some of this I, – I go back to the idea that if you have too many stars in your team, sometimes you're just not going to get – like I do think that a lot of the local market carries a lot of prices mm -hmm. for people, right? Like, you know, um, Colt Keith prices are high. I'd say you know, I don't have actual percentages, but I'd say a high percentage of the reason Colt Keith's prices are high or whoever you want to choose – is because of Tigers fans collecting them, not just random people Correct. collecting cards. They're the ones that want them driving up the price for people trying to flip them, right? Yeah. And so for me, if you have a team full of stars, and the Dodgers don't necessarily have as many stars anymore. Gone are the Corey Seagers. Gone are the Trey Turners. Gone are the Justin Turners. 
um, gone are the Cody Bellingers of the world, but they still have the Mookie Betts and the Freddie Freemans and every and guys like that. And so all of a sudden, Will Smith, though amazing, being both a catcher and a third star, four star, whatever it is down the list, you can kind of get lost. Whereas if Will Smith was on the Pirates and all of a sudden, you know, Brian Reynolds is really, really good, super good player, but maybe not somebody that people want to collect. O'Neill Cruz is injured. All of a sudden it's, you know, Henry Davis or bust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I do believe in that theory. Like the, if there's too many stars when, when they already debuted, which I, you know me, I'm, I'm not a big, like it's tough to make money just because the movement isn't always there once the players are like, once they debut, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Will Smith is one, you know, with, with the Dodgers, I, I do find, I don't have any Will Smith. And now that I'm thinking about it, it is interesting because they will be a playoff team. Some of their players, their star players, you know, will they be around in three years? Will, will Will Smith be a top, let's say 10 NL MVP candidate, top 10 of the, in the NL for the next, let's say four or five years. I think if that's the case, that's how his prices move, but it's more of a longer play mm-hmm. than, I think it would, it's more of a wait to the playoffs if he does something crazy. So check this out. October 2020. Now, obviously, we're talking 2020 prices here, but still, 250 bucks. Yeah. When was it? When did he debut? June 3rd, 2023, $224. Yeah. And, and, uh, Will Smith in that time period. Let me pull up his let me pull up his stats real quick. Will Smith in that time period um, between 2020 and 2023. So October of 2020, they're probably in the playoffs. Is that the year they won the World Series? They won in 2021. 2021. All right. So in 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 he ended 2020 with an eight nine eighty OPS, but obviously 37 games. COVID shortened the year. Then he had an 860 OPS, 807 OPS, and a 919 OPS this year. Wow. He was worth 3.3 wins above replacement, 4.1, 2.6 this year. So, like, he's been a very good player. Um, maybe not a superstar, right? Uh, but he has been a very, very good player. And so it's interesting to see that, you know, I can't decide if it's – good that he's $25 lower than his first PSA 10 sale in 2020 that was during COVID or like one of the first PSA 10 sales ever that was in 2020 during COVID or if it's bad but it is what it is he's just a very mm-hmm. similar price to what he was three years ago yeah which is I mean that honestly that is a lot better than a lot of guys yeah oh yeah but puts in perspective I thought it was an interesting comparison yeah um let's move on from henry davis and will smith all right so let's move on to gavin williams uh he just got called up it was announced and he's pitching on wednesday so he hasn't pitched yet as far as i know of this recording but he will have pitched by the time you are watching this um so we don't know how he did but the man got called up by the guardians and the man is good Yes, he is. Baseball. Uh, <laughs> just an absolute an absolute stud. He's 23 years old in AAA, and you can see – we'll 
get the Coors Light ad off the screen. And you can see here, AAA this year, 46 innings, almost a 12K per nine, leaving 82% of guys on base, 40% ground ball rate, which is better than the previous two stops, 2.93 ERA. The fielding independent pitching doesn't agree. Expected fielding independent pitching a little bit better. Um, there's other stats we could use if we had different websites up. We don't. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, having a having a 12K per nine, the four walks is a little bit high. So there's there's concern. There's concern here, obviously. Uh, you can't be walking this many guys. You can't be giving up this many home runs. 1.17 home runs per nine innings is a is a terrible mark. Terrible mark. So it'll be it'll be kind of interesting to see what happens here because I really like Gavin Williams. He's a huge strikeout guy. The Guardians are great at developing pitching, mm -hmm. and so and you have one of the best pitching prospects in baseball, but with a couple of like, if he walks some guys but doesn't give up home runs, okay. If he doesn't walk too many guys and gives up a couple home runs, okay. A combination of the two is the way you kind of end up being like, oh man, we just he walked a guy, gave up a home run, all of a sudden he this six inning start that looks so good is now two earned runs on his ledger. And it goes that quick. And I know that because I watch Brewers pitchers do it quite a bit mm -hmm. um, where they're doing really well. And all of a sudden it's just a real Freddie Peralta just did this the other day, walked a dude on a three, two count. And then Brian Reynolds comes up, fouls off some balls and then hits a home run. And those are the only two runs he gave up. And so you, you kind of, I, I at least try to avoid, you know, I would like guys that didn't have these these qualities of high strikeouts and high walks and high home runs. Um, at least have high strikeouts and pick one or the other two. If you give up some home runs, well, they're probably going to be a lot of solo shots. But if you walk some guys, there's tendency you get flustered. You leave a pitch up after having walked a guy that irritates you and boom, gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like if he gets down, I feel like he has some room on his on his strikeout rate. If he got down to that eight eight to nine range for the K per nine and bring down that walk rate with that, you know, maybe pitch to contact a little bit more, he's going to be – this dude's got the, the talent to be, I feel like, one of the top ten pitchers in AL – I mean, that's a pretty, I feel like that's pretty safe to say if, if everything pans out, but man, Cleveland, they just keep rolling these guys out. I don't know how they keep finding them. They got three this year, three. How do they do that? Yeah. So, uh, number one, going back to your, going back to your quick point of, you, you don't always have to strike guys out. I mean, you can see here his 60 fastball, 60 slider that Fangraphs gives him 55 curveball, 45 change up 50 command. Um, you can see here that you don't either the 12 strikeouts per nine. Um, and he did really well that, you know, in his brief 14 innings and double a, obviously you don't always have to strike everyone out. And I think mm -hmm. pitchers learn that along the way where sometimes, you know, you need a rear back for a strikeout. You get guys on second and third, less than two outs. Then yeah, you're probably going for a strikeout, but sometimes it's okay to just pitch to contact and try to get soft contact. Wade Miley has made a career on it of mm -hmm. soft contact as opposed to strikeouts. He's now 36 years old, pitching really well for the Brewers. His extra is, you know, his indicators, uh, FIP, DRA, whatever you want to use, 
don't paint a rosy picture, and yet he is a master at inducing weak contact, um, even if he's not striking guys out. But he also doesn't walk guys. And, uh, you know, I think as guys get older, they've learned the areas where they should be trying to strike guys out and areas where they should just be trying to get weak contact and not, you know, giving up free passes constantly. Exactly. Uh, so Gavin leads me into, and we'll cover Gavin's prices in a little bit, but that leads me into another conversation here. And that is Shane Bieber. And so Shane Bieber, um, he is potentially going to get traded, right? Mm -hmm. The guardians came out and said that they would like to trade him. They are, uh, not too far back of a playoff spot, but they aren't in first and we're already getting close to July, which obviously you get the all-star break and then the trade deadline is at the end of July. And all of a sudden it's like, uh, but you know, they're only a game back. Uh, they're 34 and 38, which is not a good record, but first place in the AL central is currently 36 and 38, <laughs> um, which is embarrassing to say the least. <laughs> but it's pretty bad. It, it, it really should be. You know, we've got the Blue Jays 40 and 35. They're not going to make the playoffs if it stays this way. The Angels are 41 and 34. The Astros are 40 and 34. The Mariners are 35 and 36. Um, the Red Sox are 39 and 35. All five teams in the AL East better than all five uh, than the top team in the AL Central and four of the five teams in the AL West are better is better than the top team in the central. It's gotten to the point where it's like, man, maybe they just should like make one rule this year where it's like, we're doing a third wild card team. Uh, whoever has the best wild card record gets the twins spot or the guardian spot, the tiger spot, whoever wins it. Uh, because. Yeah. So it's bad. brutal. It's brutal. Um, but Shane Bieber, I didn't realize I stopped on that. I meant to stop on this. So Bieber, they're only a game back, but they're looking to trade Bieber, and you can kind of see why. So he's 95 innings this year. K-rate dropped like a rock from a couple years ago, dropped like a rock last year. It has dropped even further this year. Walk rate has gone up pretty significantly from last year. Not as high as the previous two years, but he was striking way more guys out. And then you also have the home run rate, which is uh, about what it was two years ago. Um, and so you see that, and then you see, uh, you know, fastball average fastball velocity has dropped same as last year. And you see expected ERA, his FIP, his expected FIP, it's all significantly higher than his ERA. And you can kind of see, okay, fastball velocity drop strikeouts have dropped. Walks have raised home runs have raised. You know, you can kind of see why they would be willing to trade him, even if they're a game back, to see if they can finagle a team into giving him a little bit more than maybe is deserved because of the trade deadline, and then just replacing him with a Gavin Williams or somebody like that in the rotation and hoping that Gavin is just a little bit better than what Shane Bieber has showed. Because Shane Bieber, yeah, the 3.51 ERA is good, but he's really pitched like a guy that's much worse than that. Yeah. The biggest thing with him is – uh, just like the Brewers, it's also the the contract years coming up, you know, where he's, yeah. he's about to get very expensive, where Cleveland, they don't 
they don't have a shortage of, of arms, which is a huge, you know, benefit to them. One thing they struggle with is hitting. Wow. Are they, their hitting is pretty bad. They are starting to heat up a little bit, but if they could trade a Shane Bieber and get an upgrade, let's say in the outfield or, Mm -hmm. or a catcher or something where like the, the difference between replacing one of their offensive players uh, compared to the the replacement of a Gavin Williams to Shane Bieber, way big benefit, way more of a benefit, I feel like to, uh, towards that to the offensive spot, um, because their their lineup their rotation is set because they have Cal Quintrell sitting there on rehab, injured, but there, yeah. Tristan McKenzie injured but there, Aaron Savale, um, they got they got some guys. I want to share with you the Cleveland Guardians 40-man roster real quick, uh, if possible, so that we can look at that because this will paint this will paint a better picture. So we got 40-man roster here. Um, let's go to stats. And you can see you can see the hitting stats. Mike Zanino got got DFA'd. Um, Josh Bell, their big offseason signing, 702 OPS, 98 OPS plus. The only two guys that are above that, Jose Ramirez, 137 OPS plus, and Josh Naylor, 115 OPS plus. Other than that, everyone else is below Josh Bell's 98 OPS plus, which is 2% worse than league average, and he was their big offseason signing. Um, All these other guys – significantly worse. Ahmed Rosario, Andre Jimenez, you know, a couple of big names from that Mets Lindor trade doing really poorly. And then you have your bench, Gabriel Arias, former top prospect, 88 OPS plus Oscar Gonzalez, hero of last off mm-hmm. uh, last postseason, 40 OPS plus uh, Tyler Freeman, former top prospect, 99 OPS plus David Fry, Brian, Brian Rocchio, former top prospect, Bo Naylor, who just got called up three games. Obviously, you can't really make anything off of three and four games like these two guys. But still, there's just not – there's outside of Jose Ramirez and even Josh Naylor, like a 115 OPS plus, that's nice to have. It's nice to put in your lineup. But if that's your second best hitter, you're, you're real, you're real big trouble. And yet, somehow, they're only a game back of their division with this as their lineup. Yeah. So yeah, if they got if they got another premium bat to put in there or two for the for for Shane Bieber, that'd be huge. Yeah, it would, it would be cuz also so Shane Bieber Bieber is also getting uh 10 million this year arbitration to and then next year another arbitration year and then he's a free agent after that. So right now you could get a lot of value for him because it's like hey, he's a rental for this year, but also you can get him next year. Hopefully he bounces back and has like that Cy Young year again on a con like on his last contract year, quote unquote, like mm-hmm. his, before he hits free agent. So maybe he he pulls out something wild and gets some value. Where even if they get one MLB player and let's say two prospects, I feel like that would be a huge win for them. I agree. Uh, I agree. And real quick, just as an aside, on the on the you know if Shane Bieber's gone, right. We, regardless of what they get for him, uh, for, for Gavin Williams. Shane Bieber's gone. Tristan McKenzie just got shut down for several weeks with UCL uh, sprain. 
right? So he's uh, he's gone for a while. Daniel Espino, their other top pitching prospect, out for the year with eight, uh, with the Tommy John, right? So all of a sudden, it could go from you know looking really promising to looking rather bleak. But that's good for Gavin Williams because if they trade Shane Bieber, they get a bat in, and all of a sudden Gavin Williams is kind of the focal point of that pitching staff. Logan Allen's there and stuff, but you know if Gavin Williams is the lead guy and maybe the ace that gets innings in the playoffs because he's the most talented arm they have, that could work wonders. If you but if you had a Daniel Espino healthy, if you had a Tristan McKenzie healthy, if you had a Shane Bieber on your team and not traded, all of a sudden those guys are the guys that are the focal points of a rotation mm-hmm. um maybe not daniel spino but you know two rookies at the same time mm-hmm. uh so this if they can make the playoffs with trading shane bieber this should line up to be pretty nice for gavin williams and speaking of williams i did promise to cover his card prices um and so we can look at a just a top scrum sapphire base here jimbo look at this 20 bucks 15 bucks. Last two sales on the 20th, 21st. June 8th, $8. June 5th, $7 rounding up. June 3rd, $8. $12. $8. $8. Yellow out of 99, 25 bucks. $8. So, like, I don't buy a lot of uh, non auto pitching cards. Um, a lot harder to get them to move up. You know, mm-hmm. he was still a really good player when these were $8, right? Uh, so it's hard to get them to move up because people don't care about pitching as much. So then, you know, you go from, like, if you're a hitting prospect, the non-autos are a good way to get a premium card without paying a premium price, and people mm-hmm. still like it. When you're a pitcher, it's like, well, people don't like pitching autos. They're going to like pitching non-auto cards way less, mm-hmm. but – you can still make uh, good money, as you can see here, even from something as simple as a Sapphire base. And yeah, I love that you brought that up because, you know, when when we're talking, remember how we did the reviews on Sapphire last year mm-hmm. and on Bowman? Like we always do product like product reviews like the, the, this is why another great example of like a Sapphire where it makes sense, where if you don't get a huge hit on a parallel or an auto, you hold on to their base and you sell them at the right time, like 20 bucks. How much yeah. was a box? Like that stuff adds up. If you think about like, as long as you, as long as you know, you have it. Yeah, exactly. So it's the, it's the process of getting it, but that is interesting. It's $20 for Sapphire. Yeah. Base. And speaking of that, you know what I did this past week? Let's I grabbed my Luis Arias's and oh, I put yeah. them up for sale. And I sold three base paper and two base chrome, and I got $18 for them. Oh, dude, I totally forgot to do that, and I'm out of town. Well, oh, yeah, okay, that's not going to help. Dude, yeah. 18 bucks for cards that were sitting in boxes for years. And at one point, somebody offered me on, a, on my base updates, and I was like, well, it's a, l- a little bit lower than what others are going for, or like half price. But then I was like, Man, somebody's willing to buy these from me for four bucks a card. Yeah. When they weren't worth 50 cents six months ago. Don't get greedy. Just take the money and go. Yeah. That's the biggest, especially prospecting. Yeah. Um, so happy, happy to have done that. Nice to know that, you know, and I'd seen those cards for years in those, in those, like if I didn't have them top loaded, I probably wouldn't have found them or known I had them. 
Yeah. But because I had them top loaded and every single time I saw them top loaded, I was like, why in the world do I have these top loaded? But I never took them out. Yeah. You know, a little. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You go. One little little thing I do to keep organized is I, you know, the little team bags, plastic team bags. Mm -hmm. When I open, like, let's say I, I open something for myself or I get a lot of random stuff in, I will literally team bag them by the player. And, um, that's how I do it. So I know they're all condensed. So when there's a call up, I can just, that's smart. Now, do you keep them in a, do you keep them in like sets? So like you open 2019 tops series two, you have a 2019 top series two box or just 2019 box or just play labeled by player. And you just know Luis Arias, so you can go looking for it. I just keep it by the box by, or by the sport in a, in a box. And I don't mind going through them because also when I, let's say I'm looking for Gavin Williams, when I'm looking through, I might find, Oh, I didn't realize I had so much Henry Davis. Yeah. I didn't realize I had so much. So-and-so that, that happened to me the other day. I'm looking for these Luis Arias and I stumble upon an LA daily cruise Ray wave, uh, non first Ray wave mm-hmm. that I completely forgot. I owned exactly. Didn't know about it and got 28 bucks for it. See, like, so that's what I started doing and I don't get as much stuff in as I used to. Cause I'm not, you know, let's say opening a couple of cases for myself, but when I was doing that, it's so nice to do that. And it's like therapeutic cause I just like organizing them and getting them all sleeved up and getting them ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is something very relaxing about cards. There is. And, and, and organizing them and like, uh, sorting a break and stuff. Sometimes sorting a break is a little bit long, but a lot of times it's it's very like it's a little bit mind numbing, but it's also like you can just shut your brain off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Just kind of nice. I love it. All right, let's quickly move on. One last thing for today, um, and that is Yanquil Fernandez, prospect of the week here. Ooh. So Jimbo, take us away. Yeah, so Yan Quill, I can't Yan Quill Hernandez. Nate brought him up last year during the uh, during the release of Bone. I think it was Bowman Chrome. I forget which one he was I think in. It was Bowman Baseball. Oh, Bowman Baseball. And I'm fairly now. Don't quote me on that because I could be super wrong, but I'm pretty yeah. sure it's Bowman Baseball. I, I'm not confident in my answer as well. So I know it was sometime last year, but I remember Nate bringing him up. Liked him a lot. This dude can hit. He's hitting every level. Um, I saw something on Twitter a couple days ago. So when we were going to do this, I was like, hey, let's look at his stats. And then we pulled up his stats uh, before this podcast. And this dude can hit and has been hitting. So he started off in, what was it? Well, in A-ball this year, year, but only three games. So to me, that's irrelevant. But then he got sent up to to high A. In 58 games, this dude had a 319 average. His slugging was 605, Babbitt 332. I like that. ISO 286. Uh, K rate, which is always something to look at for for a hitter like this, it was only at 17.9%, which that to me was the biggest red flag, or not red flag, but something to monitor for a hitter like this. Mm -hmm. Love that. And this dude hit 17 home runs in 58 games. And... He played in Spokane, and I didn't get to watch a single game of his. Oh, man. 
I think you missed out on this guy because I think I think we might. I think I think Spokane Indians start jack up their prices to twenty nine dollars a ticket, and there's no chance I'm paying that to go watch minor league baseball. It's because they knew Fernandez was coming up. That's true, and <laughs> Adele Amador. Yeah, yeah, that kid too. So it was interesting in a one forty WRC plus, which. I love the WRC plus that to me, that validates stats just because minor leagues are so confusing with the leagues and, you know, trying to figure mm-hmm. out are they hitter leagues or not. So across the board, very interesting, but then he got called up to double a in one game. He brought that power with him, hit a home run. He did strike out twice, but that's okay. When you hit a home run um, and he's only 20 years old. Yeah. He's, he's an interesting one. It's uh, it's pretty incredible to watch. I remember we bought a well, we I went to the Burbank card show in February, maybe, um, and I bought a Yanquil Fernandez base auto. Uh, it wasn't that expensive. Might have been fifteen twenty bucks. Wish I still had it, but I think we sold it along the way, unfortunately. Um, but would love to still have that one because they are, you know, like fifty bucks right now. Um. In the old, uh, going to card ladder here, you can check out, is this the right one? Yeah. Whew. First try. So you've got, uh, you know, a shimmer, $15 for just a shimmer, but a, ba- a speckle auto PSA nine, $219 fixed price. Um, moving through purple auto, $200, which purple's nice. Cause it is a color match there. Base auto 50 bucks, June 20th. Base auto $57 June 20th. Purple auto SGC 9.5, $235, which is even, it's pretty good because, uh, you know, $18, if you want to grade through Slab Socks, SGC, slabsocks.com slash grading, you can get your cards graded for $18 a card. And uh, $200, $18, $200 for the raw, $18 for the grade, that nets you an extra $17 on the sale, which isn't a ton, but it's, you know, SGC 9.5, not an SGC 10. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, like, there's just uh, pretty good size prices being paid right now for Yanquil cards. When if I go back, let's see if I can do this easily. If I go back to January 1st, what do I want? I go back to January 1st and check out the prices. Oh, $35. Okay, on auction January 1st. Um, can we find any more? $36. So maybe I didn't spend as little as I thought. Maybe it was a little bit more expensive um, than what I what I thought it was. But I didn't remember it being like 30-some bucks. So maybe yeah. I just got a deal on it at, the, at a card show. That being said, it still has gone up. I mean, January 1st, 35 bucks. This last one, $57. And we're talking base autos that got a lot printed in the last two years. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm shocked that it's actually not higher if that was the starting point. Because well, the Rockies. Yeah, which I'm personally am always hesitant on anyone in Col- uh, with Colorado. Um, but with these numbers, though, like hitting 319, 17 home runs and – 58 games at high A as a 20 year old. Like that's pretty, I thought that would bring more attention, but that's, what's fun about prospecting. Yeah. You never know. You never know what might bring the attention and what doesn't. And sometimes it's hard 
to understand why things sell the way they do. But I don't complain because um, for every one thing that's been like, why didn't this sell better? You have Luis Arise base cards netting you like four bucks a piece. So yeah, I won't complain. Uh, any last words today, Jimbo, before we sign off? Nope. Just hope. Uh, actually, yes, I do. Uh, I hope everyone has a great summer. Get outside, enjoy it, watch some baseball, have a good time, hang out with the family, and that's it. I agree. Hang, hang out with the family. That's what I'm doing these next couple of weeks. That's what Jimbo's doing. So uh, mm-hmm. always a good time. And uh, enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your weekend. And we will talk to you next Friday. Deuces.